There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Oh, my heavens. What a goal. What a move. Lemieux. Oh, baby. There's a mistake and a throw. Puck by Bridget. Hockey fans, how are you today? It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. This is Season 3, Episode 25. I am co-host Tom. I have got with me, as always, it's co-host Randy, and he's uh, basically just standing on the bench, tapping his stick on the boards uh, for a nice play. What's going on uh, down at ice level, Randy? Yeah, you know, there's a bit of a barn burner going on down here. The boys are really fired up. Uh, I got to just... You know, I haven't been back checking since, you know, three, three months ago. So I've got a nice little spot on the bench here down near the end. So it's nice and warm. Got some Gatorade and yeah, we're good to go here. Yeah. Coach has got you stapled to the pine and (laughs) says, uh, okay, Randy, I'm going to need you to just, you know, keep track of the comings and goings of the people playing. Nice. Nice. Uh, Well, Randy, it's a big episode today as they all are, but today is episode 25. We're going to call this one the Stasny. And that's after our bud, Paul Stasny. He doesn't know we're buds, but he will after this episode. I bet you uh, he like, just right now, he had like a little like tingle, you know? And yeah. he's like, you know, oh, like something's happening here. Or like, you My know, Stasny like his, senses. Yeah, his ears are burning. It's like someone's <laughs> talking to me. I have a feeling that someone named Tom and Randy are talking about me. <laughs> as, he's to, as he's trying to enjoy his steak and glass of red wine, you know, during their time <laughs> off. But hey, yeah, this Dasney, this Dasney. So we're gonna we'll we'll fill you in a little bit about Paul Stasny and some of his, you know, stats and numbers and all these kinds of things. But first, I just want to let you know about our guest on today's show. Uh, so that'll be coming up in just a little bit here, and we've got. Uh, John Gallant, a.k.a. Big Johnny G. He's the bass player for uh, world-renowned band Billy Talent. Uh, They're a Toronto band, and they've been rocking the airwaves since, uh, I'd say, the turn of the century, Randy. I don't know, what, about 2000 or so they come on the scene? It's, yeah, like, if you think... To me, they still kind of feel new for some reason, but mm. they feel new because I haven't really done a deep dive through through their whole discography. But if you think back, it's like, you know, they were, I think they broke like not too long after like some 41 and, and some of those bands, right? So yeah. that that's like, you know, a good 15, what, 20 years ago? I don't know. Like it just, what, yeah. what's what's time anymore really i don't know <laughs> exactly. but no like and if you do a, if you do a little, little bit of a search for billy talent on youtube and check out some of their live stuff like they're playing some big festivals big venues oh, uh yeah. just from our talk with john and uh, his his uh his tours that they've been on and go through europe and all over the place and it's, yeah, it's and they've great. toured canada back and forth a bunch of times um you know playing in the major arenas big outdoor festivals, you name it. Billy Talent has been there and done that. 
um, famously named after the guitar player from Hardcore Logo, which uh, great, uh, great movie if you've never seen it. But yeah, stay tuned a little later in the episode. Uh, we'll be talking to John about he's a big hockey player, big Leafs fan. So there's going to be all kinds of chit chat about that. But let's uh, swing it back here and talk about our 25s. Uh, yeah, number 25 for the Winnipeg Jets currently is Paul Stasny, who played his 1000th game uh, of his career this year. Um, he played just recently his 100th career playoff game. That's a lot of hockey in the NHL. And uh, he was the overtime hero for the Jets in the one nothing win in game two, I believe it was, right? Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> probably one of the bigger goals he's scored in, in those 1,100 games. Uh, be hard pressed to see if there's uh, any others. I, I think they showed a stat that he does have a few other overtime winners and stuff but uh that that's a big goal for him for sure and the jets this year so paul stasny um you know just one of those kind of they always rave about the coaches are always raving about how smart of a player he is and everything right so he's um like his dad was one of the big offensive stars of the 80s right uh Peter Stasny and he he was one of the first players to sort of break the the iron curtain and come over Correct, to North yeah. America and I think there's a documentary about the Stas the, the elder Stasny brothers I think I think it's more of like a one of those TSN originals kind of okay. thing but uh yeah. just search for uh Peter Stasny documentary and I guarantee yeah. you'll find it I, I've known I've seen it I've seen it a few times I've but, seen um, it for sure. Yeah. He comes from a, from a, a long line of, uh, you know, skilled uh, hockey players. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And, and so, so Paul's got, you know, 755 career points in his 1000 games. Uh, and then you add the playoffs on top of that. And you're looking at, you know, another 69 points in a hundred games. And you know, he, this is Winnipeg. This is his second time around playing for the Jets. He came over in the 2018 uh, trade deadline, had a little run with the Jets, went to Vegas for a while. Now he's back. This is his fourth team, I believe. Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas, Winnipeg. Yeah, I think that checks out. But anyway, Paul Stasny, that's our number 25 for uh, today. But of course, we've got some honorable mentions, Randy. We, we, we wouldn't be talking hockey, the hockey talk show without honorable mentions. Number one, though, has to be John Gallant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Completely Our by fluke, he is also number 25. Uh, but you, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But we had to mention it right now. Uh, yeah, a, but but you, you've, got some, you've, got, you've got a list of, of pro NHL pros. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, Gallant as he will mention in his interview, number 25, but we've also got, you know, some famous uh, players such as let's just list, I'll just list them off here in an order, no particular order, just wrote them down. According to sources, we got Joe Newendike, that guy, very famous 25, um, Stanley cup winner, general manager of, I think he 
general managed, you know, somewhere along the line. He's done it all. Uh, Dave Andrichuk, there's, there's another guy who famously wore 25, but he also had some other numbers in there. Andrichuk wore 25 for Buffalo and Tampa when they won the cup the, the first time around against Calgary back in 04. Andrew Chuck was like the old guy on the team at that time. Yeah, that's was, right. I think he was pretty much retired. Um, couple of, couple of knuckle chuckers in Darren McCarty uh, for the Detroit Red Wings, longtime Red Wing of, of the 90s, famous 25 there. Um, and uh, Chris Neal, longtime Ottawa Senator, who wore number 25. Um, Winnipeg Jets 1.0, Thomas Steen. Basically, he was around for the whole 90s and into, or sorry, 80s, 80s and, and into 90s. the 90s yeah. a little bit there. Did you yeah, mention he, Max Talbot yet? I did not, but Max okay. Talbot definitely wore number 25 as he kind of rode shotgun with Sid Crosby on their early adventures to uh, Stanley Cup. And, and scored those clutch goals in the yeah. 09 uh, Cup Finals there. Yeah, he was a big part of that team. Um, uh, another kind of character player, grinder guy like Talbot, Mike Greer. He played for a bunch of teams. I remember him being an Oiler, Buffalo Oilers Sabre. Sure. Yeah. Uh I don't even know where else he played. I'd have to bring it up and I don't have it in front of me, but he, he wore 25 and um, uh, uh, Randy Carlisle, everybody's favorite Randy, except for you. You're my favorite Randy. Well, everybody else's is Randy Carlisle. Me and Carlisle could, we could, we can share sometimes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he wore 25 back when he was winning like the Norris trophy for the Pittsburgh Penguins. There are some classic photos of Carlisle back then. Like mm -hmm. he is a pure hockey. I don't know what you call it. Just like, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Do yourself a favor and look up Randy Carlisle, Pittsburgh Penguins. Cause yeah. you're going to be on Google images for a while. Now would that be the baby blue Pittsburgh? No, Penguins? It, was, it was black. He, they had the black, black yeah. and gold, but uh, just, just his look. Like he's, yeah. He's like a, you know, you can just tell that he loved to hack your ankles, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why he won the Norris. Um, we, and uh, one final number 25, a uh, big part of the Montreal Canadian Stanley Cup in 1993, uh, which is the last time a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup. Maybe this year will be different. Uh, Vinny Dampus, old Vinny D. Uh, he wore 25 for Montreal and San Jose. Vincent also played for Toronto, but he didn't wear, I think he wore 10 in Toronto. And then he played for Edmonton and uh, he wore a different number. 20, 21 or something. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but he's a guy, man, super underrated. Like he, he put up points by the bucketful for a long time. And, and like, I don't know. He just never really got his due. Like Vincent Dampus finished his career with 1,205 points over 1,378 games in 18 years. But yeah, like the ball, well, you know, like he kind of, Montreal was where he spent most of his career, seven years, but you know, he, and he won a cup there and everything. Um, but he was, you know, an all-star. He was, 
heck of a player. And uh, again, Google, do yourself a favor. Google image search um, Vincent Dampoos and and yeah, you'll we, love we, it. We got to move on here though. We only got a Let's couple minutes it. for Jets. Yeah, um, we so, wanted... so basically I'll give you, I'll give my quick take for yeah. for the the first round. You can give your quick take and that's might all might be all we have time for. Um, but basically going into the pl- <clears throat> playoffs for me, I wasn't too confident uh, with the Jets chances to beat the Oilers, obviously, because they mm-hmm. went on quite, quite the slide. Um, and I'm kind of more of a, what have you done for me lately kind of viewer. <laughs> and it's like, well, I, I'm not, I, I don't have a ton of confidence in this team if, if they're just kind of dragging themselves through the end of the season. Um, that all being said, it looks like they all maybe the playoff experience um, really showed, and it's like they, you know, if you think about all those seasons with, uh, you know, San Jose and some of those teams that would always win the 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 um, President's Trophy, it's not all always about finishing first or second. Sure, like a home ice advantage is great, but it's also just getting your game in a good spot and ha- making sure you're peaking at the right time. So that all being said, maybe Paul Maurice is a genius and, you know, we're all here with, you know, egg on her face kind of thing. Um, But I think first and foremost, I think what's going to be nice about the Jets sweeping the Oilers four straight and having those awesome overtime memories is we can finally put those 80s and 90s memories to bed. We can just like stop talking about that because sure, it was like a big thing, but now it's like, these are the new Jets. Um, they didn't fall, you know, fall again to the Oilers like the same old ways. So um, I that's the that's the big thing I'm taking from um, from round one is that we can finally put that whole storyline to rest and yeah. also be super excited because it's like the it, this, the team is playing as a team. Their their structure it, it looks strong. Um, you know, it's uh, there's some of its parts are are, are greater than you know, the two pillars that were McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah, totally. Like in the 80s, obviously, the storyline was Gretzky, you know, like dominating and the Jets could just really never get past them. Nobody could get past them. The Oilers beat everybody. Um, and, and then, you know, the Oilers these days, yeah, sure, they're like they don't have the team success, but like you look at McDavid putting up 105 points or whatever it was in, in 56 games this year. And then dry who's the scoring champion last year. And, you know, these are really good players and the jets basically shut them down. Like they had uh, a few points, um, some power, power play points that, uh, you know, I felt like the fix was in, you know, the call came down from Batman and said, like, let's get these Oilers on the power play and get them. They had a couple five on threes and, you know, it just seemed like chintzy calls, but it was what it was. And then, um, you know, the, the Jets overall played like an amazing defensive kind of game and uh, capitalized on their chances when they had to. And, I think you're right about that playoff experience. You look back, going all the way back to, I think it was 2015 when the Jets made the playoffs for the first time since coming back to Winnipeg. They played Anaheim. They got swept in that series for nothing. But they actually, if you remember that series, they played really well and led 
for most of the games most of the time that's right and then like kind of blew it and lost or whatever um but you know shifley would have been on that team right he was just a young pup bunch of young Um, guys yeah like a learning experience and then also that's that's where the experience from anaheim would have showed back then it's like yeah you know we can let these guys lead we just we just know that there's 60 minutes to play and and you know they can still win we we, we, we're like less than a minute here so uh just look at looking ahead to toronto and montreal and the jets potential next um opponent what's your take on that well i think that you know everybody thought it was going to be toronto they would just sweep montreal I don't really care who it is, to be honest. I think it'll be a great matchup. So, um, you know, I think uh, I just, I love to see Toronto lose. So whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Like, it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, If you're going to go far, you got to eventually beat the good teams or the great teams. So like, let's, let's bring it on. So uh, that all said, um, you know, it, it was nice to see. Sorry, John, if you're listening. But that two on zero in overtime, I don't know, like what what happened there. But um, but yeah, uh, it should be an interesting rest of the series. Fans are in the building tomorrow for the Montreal Canadiens, or today, I guess. This is coming out on Saturday, and uh, yeah, it should be interesting um, to to see what happens there. And Tommy, uh, yeah, I guess like, we should. Looks like our guest is uh, waiting, standing by. So we got to get to that. But we're gonna throw to a song first. Um, and you will just notice in the interview, it was recorded a couple days ago, so maybe some of the, you know, time stuff with this uh, Leafs talk isn't entirely accurate anymore, but whatever. But anyway, we're going to throw to a song called Righteous Smoke by Monster Truck. This is a jam you've definitely heard in a hockey ring.
Okay, John, thanks for joining us here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. It's a pleasure to have you. Well, thank you. Nice to be here. <laughs> right on. So let's uh, just kick things off in, in high gear, as it were, uh, or low gear. I, we'll, we'll start a little low gear, then we'll ramp it up. Um, we're curious, how, how, do, how did you uh, kind of get into hockey? Is it like been a lifelong thing for you or did you come to it later in life? Or no, it that? Was, yeah, it was ultimately the, the first childhood dream I had until I picked up the bass. But um, uh, yeah, I grew up, I don't remember exactly when I fell in love with it, but some of my earliest memories are just sitting on the, my dad's bed and watching the Islanders in those in those er that, that era when they were just winning cups like crazy. Um, and I just was always into it, skating lessons. I remember doing the hokey pokey and then just playing hockey forever. Just never stopped really. I, I stopped maybe for a couple of years when I was 18, 19. And then I got back into it playing men's league, which totally like hooked me right back into it. Cause that's so much fun. Right on. Yeah. Like we've talked to a few other rockers and uh, punk rockers and, and that kind of thing who have a similar story to, I think probably a lot of people who uh, play adult leagues, you know, rec leagues or whatever, where they, they were into it as a kid, you know, and then life happens or whatever. And then you come back to it a little later. So when you, when uh, Billy Talent kind of got really rolling, was there a bit of a pause in in the hockey playing for you, or was it? Uh... No, I always it en ended up just turning into such a regular thing for me once I got back into playing men's hockey, and especially before I was uh, when when I was a single guy, I just would play whenever I could. So, uh, and then when we started touring, and uh, you know that when in between tours, when I got home, I'd play. Uh, if we were touring in Canada, I'd bring my gear with me and pick up along the way. Um, and we've even, I've even played in, uh, in Europe a couple of times, once with, with number two in Prague, which was really cool. We were able to rent a, the ice. We got the ice and the gear for 50 euro for an hour. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. That's really so so we'll, we'll, we'll get into the hockey on tour thing in a little bit here. But first and foremost, I got to ask, which way do you shoot? What's your what's your go-to position and what's your number? All right, I'm left wing. I prefer left or I'm a left-handed shot. I prefer left wing, but I still got some wheels. And when you play in the plus forty leagues, they end up putting you on center if you, if you still got some wheels. <laughs> I play a lot of center, and uh, and then uh, but I prefer left wing. And twenty five is my preferred number too. So yes. why why number twenty five? It was a number that was just given to me once, and I, I think I had a nice season or something. I'm like, I like this number. I, I like that if you, you could mirror it too, and it looks like a 25, and just good good age. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, there's a few, like, uh, I mean, we'll be talking about this off the top of the show uh, in past tense, but, like, Dave Andrichuk, uh, uh, Joe Newendike, some famous 25s uh, from yeah. that sort of uh, 90s era. Do you have a favorite? Uh, uh, 25s. You know what? I don't right. have a particular 25 that, that I, I, I associated with the number. I just really like the number. But a couple of Joe Newendike you mentioned, that's a good one. And uh, Peter Zezel was the one that mm -hmm. always pops out of my mind for some reason. He won a lot of face-offs. Yeah. <laughs> 
He was also in the movie Youngblood, if you've seen That's Youngblood. true. Yes. Yeah. Sophie Thomas. <laughs> That's like Randy's <laughs> favorite movie, and he's always dropping Youngblood. I just try and Sophie work it into every episode. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, always actually, a that looks like Racky on the other team. Yeah, well, actually, while we're here, we might as well ask you, what's your favorite hockey movie? Do you have one? It's got to be Slapshot. Yeah. You know what? I wa- <laughs> Goon is pretty good, but it would be Slapshot followed by Youngblood for sure. Yeah. Right Youngblood was I, I was I'm a 1975 guy, so I was probably seeing that when I was about eight or nine years old, and the, uh, like that that hockey goonery was so in, ingrained in my hockey childhood. Yeah. Like I, I I couldn't wait for contact and stuff like that, and had they would have a like the hitting line where all the players would line up along the boards, and you had to try to get to the end. Yeah, and like and now. <laughs> Smartly, they teach like stick handling instead. <laughs> so, but I think yeah. young girl had a lot to do with our, our uh, nine-year-old mentality or thirteen-year-old mentality or whatever it was. And take us through some of your like just for being a hockey fan, like you know, watching games. Like you know, the Leafs are your team, but like just what are some like classic hockey memories for you? Are you a big fan of that Leafs team in the nineties? You know, or oh, you know, with yeah. Gilmore and stuff, or like what you know, take us through some of your hockey fandom. Okay, so. Being a Leaf fan prior to the 90s, if you were, all the 80s was really brutal. I was too young to remember what the 70s were when they were good then. So my whole entire, like, I was brainwashed to be a Leaf fan, which I'm doing to my children too. That's acceptable. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I, uh, it wasn't, wasn't until that 93 season when I was 18 years old where it all just came, like, to together and just that was the that was the the team that really like made me really passionate about the Leafs it was such a good run and Wendell Clark was such a heart and goals or heart and soul player and um that team just you knew they were going to win and you know we I feel like we got ripped ripped off by the rest but that's happened to other teams and I can't you can't dwell on that I think we would have beat the Habs it's so heartbreaking to talk about it really (laughs) yeah there's a lot of what ifs that play out in that and then of course you know there's the is it was it Carrie Fraser that was the ref uh, yeah uh, the the infamous uh Wayne Gretzky high stick that it wasn't called and uh I I have a lot of uh the family in southern Ontario that come out of the game and he drew blood, and that was the rule then. If you drew blood, you got kicked out of the game. It wasn't a double minor. They may have changed the rule because of that. So they didn't kick him out of the game, and then Gretzky got, like, an assist and then the winning goal, I think, in that game six. Like, so the tying goal and then the winning goal, uh, he was in on both of them. And then and then in game seven, he scored the overtime winner, uh, banking it off of the defenseman's skate. So they eliminated us, and then they swept the Habs. Or then the Habs swept them, so. It all sucked, but I think we would have given the Habs a better series because that team was so tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you know, the next year was really good too. They had a good season, got eliminated by Vancouver. And then it was up and down for a little while. And then the Sundin era was really, really good. They were a good team for a long time. And I think like Pat Quinn really tried hard to build winners, you know, did shrewd moves. Another heartbreaking Leaf thing. So Leaf, you get, we get Doug Gilmore back just before the playoff game. And first shift, he busts his knee and it ends his career. We traded a first round pick for him or something like that. Like, just, uh, yeah. So this year, I'm still worried about the series, this series that we're in now, even though the Leafs have looked so good because, um, you know, Montreal somehow wins game five. It goes back to game six and there's fans there. 
and then they win game six, and then it goes to game seven, then it would be Leafs to lose it in overtime. Is that that? <laughs> so, so, yeah, this, this episode's going to come out uh, during this series, I guess. So, like, I guess technically the the series could end tomorrow, right? Is, is, yeah. is the next game tomorrow. So we, we won't really get into the specifics, but just t- tell us about, like, you know, being a Leafs fan and, like, the excitement around the team this year and, like uh, – you know, and also like with Tavares going down too. Like, what, what's what's the oh. vibe like being a being a Leafs fan right now? I guess we'll start with the bad stuff, but the Tavares thing was just heartbreaking. You know, um, the aside from him being probably the third or, or fourth best player on the team, like it was just so gruesome and ugly. It, it really put a damper on that game. It, the game almost just. It just felt like it was over right right there. And in the series, it also sucked a little life out of the series. It put the bubble back into perspective and or sorry, the no fans. That was pretty shitty. But that being said, I kind of felt even Devaris being down, we have so much depth, and there's no way that the Habs could take us down. Um, and that's proving to be true. The depth has been what's really crushing the Habs. Like they've been keeping Matthews. They well, they haven't kept him in check because he's all he's always in the offensive zone. But they keeping him off the score scorecard for the most part. Uh, but it's been the third and second lines that have been doing all the damage. So it's been really exciting. It was fun the whole season because right away when they brought Brody in and when you really got to see what kind of a player he was. I didn't like that signing particularly much at the beginning, but he's been so great. He's been really solid the whole year. And uh, and then bringing in Thornton, I thought that was great too. Even though, like, he is much less of a player, he's probably there's minor leaguers that are should probably be ahead of him in the lineup. Like, uh, um, you know, even that first game when they had the whole team ready to go and nobody was injured, it, it's debatable whether or not he should have played. But I guess his his presence is just too important to. He brings to those uh, intangibles, I guess, eh? Irreplaceable. Yeah. And you actually want to play hard, harder sometimes. For those guys. And I think Brooks being back in the lineup over Nash is a result of Thornton and Spezza because they had some pretty good chemistry. And last night, Thornton scores. Spezza had a great game. How yeah. about the goaltending? You know, you this, you guys would have started the season with Anderson and now it's Campbell that's kind of running with it. Like, is that, uh, as a Leafs fan, is that uh, okay in your books? Or, or, you know, it's always there's always a kind of a goaltending controversy in Toronto, it seems like. Well, yeah. Well, not yeah. We had a couple. We had a good run with a few good ones in a row with Belfour and Cujo, and Belfour was by far the, I think, the best leaf goalie that we've ever had. Um, but uh, I was nervous uh, about Freddie Anderson to begin with. I, I, I didn't believe I, I had he. He's he hasn't seemed to prove it, and like he's a great goalie and he, he plays really solid when he's on, but. He always made me nervous as a fan. And uh, so when Campbell was playing, I was happy that he was getting a shot, to be honest, in the in the regular season. And then he played great. And the Leafs were, I think his record was 17-2-3, and three, I think, in the end. And uh, I, still, I still felt very uncomfortable going into the playoffs with Campbell being number one with all the inexperience and all that stuff. And he's smaller. Uh, but he's played great. Now I feel good about it. And so, but yeah, he's the way- faced a lot of shots, a lot. The Leafs have been really solid around him yeah that's been the rap against the leaps the last couple of years is their defense is uh leaves a little to be desired and um <clears throat> but this year they do seem i think it's probably the best leaps team that we've seen 
since like 93 ish kind of thing like well, that i can remember and you know it's i uh, think on paper it's, it's it's the best leafs team they've they've got yeah. on paper like matthews wins he's winning trophies that haven't been won by any leafs in years and the hard trophy or sorry the uh, rocket richard nobody no leaf has ever won that and same uh, with the rookie of the year it's been like 50 years or something and then marner breaking leaf assist records nylander nylander and marner both broke the rookie point records in the same year i think all, actually all three of them did so there's the talent and then we had all the depth and having spezza play third line has just been uh like he's playing against lesser talent his skills are showing up like leader of the b team you know um, and they've just been so deep in the defenses, but what's been really the, the best part, best surprise of the season is that they've been really, really solid. And I think Brody was definitely the piece. I, I hated Tyson Berry. Uh, and to replace Barry with Brody is, was just an incredible step up. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how good he is, to be honestly, like you just don't notice him. He's so steady. Makes That's how you know that a defenseman's pretty good. Sometimes is you just don't notice him. 100 when, <laughs> yeah. when he makes a mistake and you notice him it's like oh my god i forgot we had brody it's, <laughs> it's, uh, like he's, he's so good so how much other hockey did you watch do you did you watch any of the american divisions or anything no I, the i got three kids it keeps me pretty busy and uh so and i try to focus in on other things too but i, I of course on sports center and i keep up to date on it and see what's what's going on so i'm a little bit nervous i'm not too nervous actually i think the best teams in each division are really strong teams no matter where they would have played and those are the teams that are seen to be coming out of it anyway so um like winnipeg and winnipeg would have been a tough out for any team in the league um and it looks like toronto's going to move on people were thinking that they were going to be a contender and then i'm i I can't uh who's moved on already colorado Colorado swept uh, St. Louis, yeah, and then I think tonight, and then for those listening, this will already have happened, but tonight there's an opportunity that Vegas can eliminate uh, Minnesota, and uh, there might be another, Tampa can put Florida out tonight as well. So and yeah. if, if all those happen, Florida actually was seated higher, so if all those happen, then like those are all the best teams getting through, and that's kind of yeah. the way it should be now. It's going to be interesting to see how the scouting reports for each team. This is kind of going to be a big thing for them. The uh, video coaching is going to be more more important than ever. Mm-hmm. And memories, I guess. From, but that's why it's great to have all this experience because Spets and Thornton really know the league. Uh, Simmons, like these guys, been around for a while. So I think it's going to, it's going to be exciting when that when the quarter or when the semis happen. See what happens. Yeah. The other teams must be feeling that too, because all three American divisions have their strong teams, right? Yeah, totally. And it's there's a lot of just like uh, I guess unknowns about teams. Once you get out of your division, you know you wouldn't have played that team all year. You can go back to previous years and say, okay, well they used to play like this, but yeah, yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see when that happens. So these are not playing like they have in previous years. Exactly right. Like if you skip the Leafs like they played before, you're yeah, you're golden because <laughs> uh, they fired Babcock midseason last year. Keith never got to really form his roster. He had to pro- teach these guys his systems along the way, and now he's had the whole offseason that to do that. So I think we're seeing what Sheldon Keith has offered, and uh, 
it's pretty good so far. So on, on previous episodes, we've had some good, good hockey chats with the Chris number two from anti-flag and, and Dave Vidini, who Dave, I guess, is someone that you, you hit the ice with. Um, can you just, can, can you just tell us about like, what, what's the ice time like? And what, what's, what's that group of guys or group of, uh, you know, are they musicians as well? Yeah, or uh, what's the, what's the connection there? Musicians, firefighters, deadbeat dads, uh, you know, it's the typical hockey dressing room. Um, I play with Bedini. I play uh, on, in, on Thursday mornings. Uh, most of the guys are, you know, late 30s, 40s, and there's a couple of young guys. Uh, and it's a good hour of hockey. He plays goal, and uh, he's fiery. He's, he's, he's pretty serious out there. So am I, though. Um, uh, but it's uh, that, that's actually probably one of my favorite skates. But then I play um, with... My league, my men's league team is called the Black Stokes, and uh, on that it's filled with musicians. I got Jim Cuddy on that team. I got the Devin Cuddy band, or Devin Cuddy uh, guys from James James Party, guys from the Ferraros. I got actually all the Ferraro brothers sometimes come and play. Um, and that's my league team that I've been on for seventeen years. Wow, uh, something like that, anyway. And um, and then. With number two, I played with him on tour because him and I uh, were, we did a Canadian tour together and we knew we were both hockey nuts. So I told him to bring his gear and we would play pickup along the way. And that was pretty fun. He's good. And then we play like, he always has a couple of hockey sticks with him on tour. So whenever we bump into him, he's, we just play like pass with the nice. ball. <laughs> so is, is there a standout moment? Like, uh, you know, you mentioned the one in Prague, but like, uh, especially across Canada, like, is there, you, you roll into like Billy talent was also playing probably bigger venues on some of these tours. So was there ever an opportunity to skate in an NHL rink or anything like, or any cool experiences like that? Yeah, I've had a lot of, Oh God, I've had the best, best experiences because it's like the, the second best option from, from my first dream, uh, becoming, <laughs> becoming a famous musician has been, like absolutely incredible and i'm not gonna lie but i got to play the juno cup which yeah um the charity game that happens on the friday night of the juno week or yeah the thursday night of the friday night of the juno weekend and uh i've played in that several times and that pits the artists versus ex-nhlers from all the regular cities and uh when when we were in winnipeg um we played against chris king and i became friends with chris king and he invited me to play in new market on in a three on three game with like Mike Gardner, Wendell <laughs> Clark, uh, Gary Lehman. Uh, I scored on Ryan Whitney. And that was, I was almost barfing. I tried my, my hardest that I possibly could. These guys were just coasting, playing like their rec three on three hockey. Can you imagine playing three on three with the fastest man? Mike Gardner. Mike Gardner, that guy had wheels. <laughs> Holy and he moly. totally dominated. He totally dominated. Does he still but, have the mustache? Oh yeah, I had to take a few breaks because like like the the board like they would just cycle through the line, and uh, I had to sit off the bench because it was like seven o'clock in the morning. I think I was still smoking cigarettes. <laughs> um, but that was probably one of the coolest moments. And then Chris King and I and a couple of the guys went out for breakfast. But the Juno Cup games have been the most spectacular because I met some of my, my favorite Leafs and Doug Gilmore and Wendell Clark and uh, and. Uh, Gary Roberts. Gary Roberts chased me down in, in, in a practice media game. We uh, we were just doing like media for the Juno Cup, and it was 
months before the Junos, but we were trying to drum up some interest. So they invited like Natalie Spooner. I can't remember the Olympic goalie from the Canadian women's team. She was there. Gary Roberts and Brad Delgarno, who's a friend now, and he's a local guy. He used to play for the Islanders. And uh, Sammy Joe Small, Brad Delgarno, right? Uh, no, um, maybe, maybe. Anyway, sorry. Any, uh, that, that's good though. Um, and then uh, it was Gary, uh, sorry, and Gary Roberts and, and uh, Brad Delgarno, and then it was me, Devin Cuddy, Jim Cuddy. And uh, um, I can't quite remember who, oh, oh uh, Jer from Monster, Monster Truck were the artists. And so we did all the media and we were on our skates and gear. And then we just had a little four on four game. And I got a breakaway on the goalie and I'm coming down like, yeah, this is awesome. And I'm like in, in alone from like almost like half between the blue line and the red light, skating my ass off. And then I can just hear like, oh, oh. <laughs> behind me. I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, I got time. And I'm just about to release my shot. And just before I did, he just pushed my elbow a touch with his stick and the puck went into the corner. <laughs> and four and four, we're not even playing anything. Just let me take a shot on the Olympic goalie. Oh, but it, and then I see him in the change room after. And he's a beast, man. He, like, he looks like he should be playing football now. Yeah. Which is crazy. Well, he's definitely uh, turned his uh, career into, or, or like a successful career into training all of these guys. Yeah. Um, a question that I've, I've, I've run past actually Eric Melvin uh, from NoFX, um, Chris number two, a few other guests is, um, you know, if you had to think about all the bands out there that you're, you know, you're friends with or you're familiar with, if, if <laughs> all those bands, you know, put on skates and lace them up and they were all hockey teams, who, who would be the best team? Like who, which, which band has the best collection of hockey players? Oh man. Might be Nickelback. They're Canadians and they're all like, big guys <laughs> the alberta farm boys or something yeah. right? and they can handle all that abuse man that like that. <laughs> um i don't know that's a great question wouldn't be my band um are you the only hockey player in billy talent i am but ben is a sports guy oh, yeah. and uh like he's athletically inclined too uh and he plays golf and aaron loves basketball but he's not athletic in the end He'll jump on the bandwagon when the Leafs are in the playoffs, but he doesn't give a rat's ass. <laughs> we got more important things to do, like keep our career going. Yeah, <laughs> right, right tunes, I guess. And but yeah, so like, how about even in like, who are some of the best hockey players that are in bands? Like, you know, obviously you said Chris is is a great player, but who you else? Mentioned Jim Jim Cuddy there. I've heard tell that he's got uh, he's got quite the wheels and is a good player. Yeah. It's good and he's he's inspirational for me because uh like he's older than me and he's really good still and he keeps playing and it's it's inspiring to watch um his son Devin is really really good he reminds yeah. me of Malkin, the way he plays in our in our pickup games is just so long and fast and strong um and all the Ferraro guys are really good players too um some of the guys that come up we we've played with in the Juno Cup have been really good too and I can't remember everybody's name because they'd be like a country artist or something and it'd be really good and i have no idea about the genre and then like yeah. I just love them hockey and uh so but yeah those are a few really good ones um that's kind of cool you said both jim and devin are on your team yeah uh, your, your beauty team that's so that's the, the father-son <laughs> combo playing that's the dream i think isn't it? it is and that's what i was getting at and there's there's another father and son uh 
pairing on the team too and it's really cool to see and it's like my my son's he was just playing video games behind me he's 13 and uh he plays one game a week you know he's more of a video game kid but he still likes playing hockey but sometimes those guys really get into men's league so I'm really hoping that he, he'll him and I can share the eighth Yeah, one five more years when he hits 18, it'd be like, okay, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll get you into the gym. <laughs> when Billy Talent gets going, obviously, you know, you guys are on the road a lot. Maybe it's a little different right now with, with COVID and everything, but like, how, how did you find balance with, uh, with Billy Talent kind of getting, getting pretty big and, and still maintaining, uh, being able to play hockey and stuff like that? Is it just because you were like really into it and you found a way? Yeah, I just, I just made the time, you know, um, and I, I liked it so much. And so part, it's such a big part of my mental health too. Like it's a great release. I don't think about anything when I'm doing it. I like being active and I used to lift weights and train and do things like that when I didn't have a girlfriend and stuff. And my body kind of requires that now. And hockey is the most fun way for me to do it. So it's more about, it's, it's just important for me to do it in a, a grand way. So I, I find the time. Um, in terms of watching it, that becomes a challenge when you're over in Europe and you're yeah. trying to find the lead games in the playoffs. One time we ran a, like a, a 50-foot cable through um, through the venue, like out the window into the tour bus, just so we could <laughs> see a great game. And it was during the, the playoff series when the Leafs blew it and game seven blew the 4-1 lead. But... Oh yeah. One game, I think they won game three, and that's what we watched that night. And it was really good. But <laughs> and, and what's what's going on with Billy Talent these days? What like do you guys uh you have a you have a new song that we're gonna play on the show here? Yeah, uh, just... the reason why like I selected Red Flag, but that's cool that you guys have a play a playlist already. Um so I, I've I've heard Reckless Paradise being played in the background at some of the arenas during oh, wow. breaks and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, I guess it's a hockey song. <laughs> <laughs> The, so I picked that song. Yeah, it's a it's a, from the new record. Uh, we're it's done. Um, we're you know finishing loose ends like with artwork and things like that. Uh, and it was supposed to be coming out last year, but once the pandemic hit, we just decided to keep working on it and make it better and why release it. And and now it's finally finished, and we've got a lot of cool surprises on it. And uh, we're gonna probably be releasing the release date very shortly. Um, but we wanted to make sure we could come up with a proper plan because nobody knew what was going on. So it'd be a lot different in terms of promoting it. Like you can't really, or maybe you can book a tour, but it might be some unknowns right now, obviously with, especially in Canada, there's no, uh, shows, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's been kind of the problem with us. We wanted you, it would be a shame to work so hard on a record and then put it out and not be able to kind of piggyback things along with it. So we're waiting for the right time, which it seems to be. We're kind of getting that figured out now. And uh, I'm sure we'll be touring next year all like everybody. Actually, we're trying. It's been hard to get tour buses because everybody's planning to get one. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. And, and I guess you'll just have to make sure that your tour bus has enough room for a hockey bag and a uh, couple sticks or, or something, eh? I don't, know, I don't know if I could do a gig in a game anymore together on the same day, but Jim does that shit. Jim will like play a gig and fly home and go to hockey and make the game. And uh, like, uh, yeah, he's he's pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm working too hard on the ice. My body's getting hurt. Huh. 
So just because um, we are potentially, you know, headed for a, a Leafs Jets series here, you know, I, I don't want to like, you know, put a stamp on it. The Leafs yeah. here. <laughs> but but you know, that's that's what we're potentially looking at. Um, you know, from Tommy and my perspective, the Jets went into the playoffs basically like losing losing nine of eleven. It wasn't looking good, but you know, pretty much everyone here in Winnipeg is flying high because we just swept the Oilers and we had some uh, exciting games. The you know three of them going to the overtime, the last one going to triple OT. So you know, give us your take on the Jets and 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 if you know if the Leafs are, end up facing them next round. You guys must be just so happy. Like it just must have been awesome. Three overtime victories and then sweeping like enemies. You know, it must have been it must have been really wonderful, especially because you limped into the playoffs. Um, yeah, I, I I think I would have rather faced the Oilers as a Leaf fan, um, just because I think the Jets will be more physical, which maybe that, because of that, there's a couple more injuries, and then it's just harder to move along once we beat you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it's both matchups were kind of scary as, as a Leaf fan, of course, for, for the reason that reasons I gave you for the Jets and then the Oilers just because of Connor McDavid, right? A lot of people around here, we want that matchup against Toronto. Like, uh, they're obviously the best team in the North in the regular season this year. And, you guys played us good, though. And, and yeah, there's been some classic matchups between the Jets and the Leafs, uh, you know, over the last few years. And it's just... Uh, I think that's the test that Jets fans want to see. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it'll be, it'll be interesting, but we don't want to jinx uh, the Leafs going into their uh, big game against Montreal chance to, to put it to bed, I guess, but uh, we've seen, we've seen what can happen in the past with yeah. Toronto and a lead. <laughs> and also like it's, I'm actually curious to hear like here in Winnipeg, there's no shortage of opportunity of us hearing about the Leafs. Like, you know, Sportsnet will tell us, TSN will tell us, TSN will tell us again. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, I'm sure like Winnipeg coverage in, in, in Toronto is, you know, maybe a little, a little thin. So, uh, you know, if, if, uh, you know, you're, I don't think so. You know? I think we get all the same stuff that you guys do just in different orders. And sometimes they lead, they like, they'll lead with the other teams. I think just to try to disprove that. And it doesn't really bother Leaf fans. Sometimes I'm running late for Sports Center anyway. So I'm like, well, maybe they'll see <laughs> the Edmonton game. Uh, and, uh, but um, no, I think we get a lot of, lot of good information uh, about the Jets. And what pisses me off sometimes, though, is like when you can't watch the regional coverages, especially this right. season. Yeah. You know, I see like, oh, Jets Ottawa, great. I'd love to see that matchup. There's great players to watch. And then I go to tune it and it's regional and it's black blocked out and and that kind of holds you back a little bit but i see the jets kind of like a, a better version of the Habs. they're going to check us hard they've they've got they've got guys who can score uh and hellebuck i think is is playing better than Carey price just in general the last few years um so yeah man i think uh i think that i think i know a lot about the jets i don't know the whole roster though like lowry scares the crap out of me oh yeah he's he's great yeah I'm really looking forward to that sort of showdown. Like I, I, I do like Montreal, but this year uh, they've played poorly. I heard a stat recently that 
since Ducharme took over, their winning percentage is only like 475 or something like that. Um, and they've, you know, like they basically walked backward. Like if the Jets, you know, slid into the playoffs on their two and 11 slide or whatever it was, the Habs have just been like Rampers. almost even worse getting into yeah, the playoffs. Well, they so almost, it's, they almost blew that spot too. Yeah, totally. So uh, I don't think Toronto will have too much trouble putting them out of their misery, but uh, it'll be, it'll be a beauty next week or whenever it is that uh, the Leafs and Jets get going. So yeah. um be, hopefully there can be some fans well that would be nice yeah <laughs> pandemic's really sort of been uh dragging on <laughs> yeah. unlikely here in winnipeg you know yeah. things just seem to be getting worse yeah. and worse and it's, but it's uh, just got bad i heard yeah yeah, yeah it's... Our, our third wave came a little later than i think uh toronto's did and uh yeah it's been it's been hitting hard so We've been. You guys, you guys get vaccinated? Got the first yeah. shot yet, yeah, so just yeah. uh, waiting, for waiting around two. for the second one, I guess. Sticking in my eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so actually, enough. before we let you go, John, uh, the other song that you uh recommended or requested is "Righteous Smoke" by Monster yeah. Truck, oh, and nice. you also yeah. mentioned Monster Truck. So, is there a hockey connection there? Uh, well, Jer Jer plays, and he comes out, and um, uh, and sometimes Steve. Uh, and Jared's a Habs fan, so we, we've like, talked about that on the road because we've toured with Monster Truck as well. But what, why I picked that song is because the Leafs were using it as their goal scoring song for a little while, and I was so like jealous, but also like very proud that my friends had that. And uh, Marv just thought it was so funny that the, he wrote a song about weed and it's being used as an athletic <laughs> song. So, and I, that's why I chose it. I wanted to tell that story. Beautiful. Actually, one last question: Has Billy Talent had any songs like as as like teams, you know, goal song or coming out song, or is Bill? Are, are there any Billy Talent songs on video games or or like NHL games or anything like that? Well, like uh, Red Flag is on the is on the NHL uh, two thousand and five or six or something like that. Yeah, and then uh, I've heard uh, well, um, Red Flag was on that. No other hockey games. But I've heard River Below. I've heard Billy Talent songs at, at the at the Leafs games quite a few times uh, being there, and that's really cool. We had a Billy Talent night where we gave away vinyl, and they gave us jerseys. Uh, so that 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 was kind of uh, we've gotten some love for our music through the sports world. There was a Blue Jay that was using River Below as his walkout music too, which was really cool. Nice, nice, sweet. Well, Johnny, we're all pretty much out of time here, so we'll wrap it up here. We always like to tell the listeners out there to keep their stick on the ice, take quick shifts, get pucks deep. Tune in next time, and we'll go out with... The new Billy Talent song is Reckless Paradise. Reckless Paradise.